0: To the simple, to the simple truth. You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
1: God doesn't send anyone to everlasting death. People choose it for themselves by denying and rejecting Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's what it says in fact Jesus himself said the same thing in John chapter 3 verse 17 let's read it for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world
0: As we cling to the- The world is full of sinful people. How did something so perfectly created by God turn into a sinful world? Have you ever thought about if God is so good, why is there evil in the world? Today, Pastor Dion discusses how God can still be a good God with sin in the world. People choose for themselves to not believe in God. God doesn't condemn sinful people to hell. He came to save the world. Jesus freely gave us an out through his life, death, and resurrection. He desires for us to have a relationship with him. Now, let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts, chapter 13, as he continues his message, Light to the Gentiles.
1: Now, John Mark, you noticed also in the passage we read, didn't continue with Uncle Barnabas and Saul. He punked out. He punked out. It could have been that John Mark was a mama's boy. You know, never left the shadow of his mom's apron. This was the first time. And mama wasn't there to make him a sandwich or tuck him in or kiss his boo-boo. You know, he wasn't chicken. He just had hen house ways, as they say in West Texas. Or maybe he was a chicken. You know, John Mark might have gotten spooked after they encountered that evil sorcerer in Paphos. You know, he's, he might Mark, John Mark might still be shivering like a dog trying to pass a peach seed. You know, so scared. John Mark might have been like that little boy who was afraid of the dark. One night his mother told him to go out on the back porch and bring her the broom. And the little boy looked at his mother and said, Mama, I don't want to go out there. It's dark. The mother smiled at him reassuringly and said, Son, you don't have to be afraid of the dark. Jesus is out there. He'll look after you. He'll protect you. The little boy looked at his mother and said, Are you sure? She said, Yes. And he said, Okay. The little boy cracked the door a little and looked out in the darkness. And then he said, Jesus, if you're out there, pass me the broom. John Mark, you don't have to be afraid, man. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But whatever the reason, mama's boy or chicken, John Mark decided not to head back to Jerusalem. He bailed on them. We'll find out later that Paul was pretty upset about it. You see, punking out of ministry leaves a heavier load on the leader. And nevertheless, Paul and his party hit the ground in Turkey. And as we read, they made their way to the Jewish synagogue. Say it out loud to where? The Jewish synagogue. Now, wait a minute. Jews in Turkey? I mean, seriously? Listen, Jews were just about everywhere. Because of the Old Testament dispersion. In the Old Testament, you remember, Assyria conquered northern Israel. Babylon conquered southern Israel. They displaced all of these Jews. They took them away as captives. It was called the diaspora. They were spread out throughout all of the globe. And reigning conquerors and reigning kingdoms, you know, just kept, you know, taking them on. So they were everywhere. And see, so there's these Jews who are in Turkey, and these Jews hadn't heard or known about Jesus. They're too far removed from, from from what happened. And so Paul had this rule. Paul had a rule, share the good news with the Jews first. That was always his rule. So the one place he knew he would find Jews was at the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So when they got to Cyprus, that's the first place they went. When they got over to Turkey, he figured, the Jews have to hear it first, so I'm going to go to the synagogue. That's the place I'm going to find Jews. So he went there on the Sabbath. And as they sat down for the service, after the usual music and reading part of the synagogue service, it was customary to ask visiting rabbis to share from the Scriptures. So they asked, would you like to share? We read it. Paul took the opportunity and shared about Jesus. Paul started with all the Old Testament prophecies that predicted the Messiah. Paul established that Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. Over 300 prophecies Jesus fulfilled. And as if 100% accuracy of the fulfillment of prophecy wasn't enough, Paul said, God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I'm going to read the last portion of Paul's sermon of what he shared with them that day, but I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Here's what he says. Paul, this is the last portion of his message. Brothers, you sons of Abraham and also you God-fearing Gentiles, This message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as one of the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned Him. And in doing this, they fulfilled the prophets' words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute Him, but they asked Pilate to have Him killed anyway. When they had done all that the prophecy said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And over a period of many days, he appeared to those who had gone out with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. And now we're here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors and God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus. This is what the second psalm says about Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. For God has promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings. I promise to David. Another psalm explains it more fully. You will not allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. This is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried and is with us. His bones are still here and his body's decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else. Someone who God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen. We're here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God, something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, look you mockers, be amazed and die. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. So Peter preached this sermon, talked about all the prophecies and how Jesus fulfilled them, and then talked about how God raised Jesus from the dead and that in Him is forgiveness. Paul declared to them that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God's way of salvation for every man and that whosoever believes in Him will be saved. No works, no water, and no wafers needed. None. No. Salvation is by grace through faith. That's what he said. Alone, yeah. Now, Paul closed that sermon, you read it, pleading with the audience. He said, I know it sounds unbelievable. I mean, they were far removed from it. They didn't know what had happened. They probably hadn't even heard about Jesus. So it sounded unbelievable to them that God raised someone from the dead, that he fulfilled the 300 prophecies and that God raised him from the dead. I mean, that was unbelievable. So Paul says, I know it sounds unbelievable, but don't dismiss it. God himself said that he would do an incredible, unbelievable work and Jesus is it. Don't pass him up is what Paul said. It's awesome. Now, you would think, because that was a pretty fiery sermon, wouldn't you say? I, I, I mean, you'd think that with that kind of unction in the pulpit, there would be all kinds of action in the pews. But that's not always what happens. Some people's wood is wet. Watch what happens. Let's read from verse 42. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, they just left. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And then on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. And contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, "'Behold, we turn to the Gentiles. "'For so the Lord has commanded us. "'I have set you as a light to the Gentiles "'that you should be for salvation "'to the ends of the earth.'" Paul preaches, and you'd think that, like I said, with that kind of unction in the pulpit, there'd be lots of action in the pew, a lot of people raising their hands to believe in Jesus. But it said some of the Jews went home. They were indifferent They were unmoved by the message. The message didn't affect them in the least. I mean, they were probably the kind of people who say, you know, thank God it's over. Then it did mention that there were other Jews who lingered and pondered the things that Paul said. Explain this to me a little more. So Paul and Barnabas persuaded them to continue in the grace of God, to believe and receive this Jesus that he was talking about. So there were some Jews who just said, Thank God, it's over. I have time to go home. Then there were some who said, Well, you know, tell us a little bit, a little bit more about it. So he persuaded them to be saved. But then there were the Gentiles. The Gentiles that were at the Jewish synagogue. We would call them seekers. I mean, because you're wondering, why why are there Gentiles at the synagogue? We would call them seekers. They were thirsty for truth and drawn by the Holy Spirit to the church that day. They were there. But listen, Gentiles weren't allowed. Non-Jews were not allowed inside the synagogue. In fact, they had to stand outside. The synagogue was kind of laid out exactly like the temple in Jerusalem. Every synagogue was kind of a mock, a smaller portion of it. So here's what would happen. This was the court of Israel. That is where the men would meet and only the Jewish men would meet there. Then there was the women's court. They couldn't be at, on the same platform on the same level to hear God's word but they were still in the same building. Non-Jews, Gentiles had to be outside the walls of the church and just barely try to hear what was being taught and what was being read in here. So there were plenty of Gentiles who were drawn that day that Paul was there. They were drawn to the synagogue to hear the word of God. God was drawing them. He knew Paul was going to be there. He had arranged it. And so now he had also called a few and a few came. And so they were out there listening to the message. And so the Gentiles, when they heard what Paul had to say, the little bit they could hear, they wanted to hear more about what he said about the salvation in Jesus. We kind of caught bits and pieces because, you know, especially when you get around people who shuffle too much, you know, they move around, you know, you're just trying, trying to hear But anyhow, they couldn't hear, so they come up to Paul. They said, Well, we heard a little bit and we want to see, we want, can you come back next week? I mean, that response is every pastor's dream. (laughs) Did you come back and teach us next week? And it's also, guys, the response that will save you, change you, and grow you. That right there, for you to be able to say, hey, can you come back next week? I want to hear this next week. That is the response that I love to hear. But that's also the response that will save you, that will change you, and that will grow you. Alright, so what we read was, the following week, Paul said, I'm going to be back. So, the following week, the Gentiles packed the house. Of course, not the inside of the synagogue, but the whole court of the Gentiles, they packed it out. Almost the whole city came out. Because a preacher alive is worth the drive, right? (laughs) Let's read what happened. Now when the Gentiles heard this, in other words, Paul started preaching to them again. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews... "'stirred up the devout and prominent women "'and the chief men of the city, "'raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas "'and expelled them from their region.' But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So Paul shows up the next week, preaches, and all the Gentiles, I mean, they packed the place. He preaches and the Gentiles believe it. But the Jewish synagogue leaders got jealous. So they opposed the gospel of Jesus that Paul was preaching. They denied, dismissed, and rejected it. And Paul made an interesting statement to them in that verse. He said, your rejection has judged you unworthy of everlasting life. i want to say it again. Your rejection has judged you unworthy of everlasting life. What this statement reveals is that God doesn't condemn you. God doesn't send anyone to everlasting death. People choose it for themselves by denying and rejecting Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's what it says. In fact, Jesus Himself said the same thing. In John chapter 3, verse 17, let's read it. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So God doesn't send anybody to hell. God isn't the one condemning. We condemn ourselves by rejecting Jesus Christ. That's what it says. Anyone who dismisses and rejects Jesus as the Son of God and Savior seals their fate. But those who by faith believe will be saved, forgiven, and adopted. That's what the believing Gentiles got that day when Paul preached to them. Can you hear them singing? This is amazing grace, right? They're singing amazing grace. It's an unfailing love that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. You laid down your life so I could be free. Jesus, I'm singing for you for all you've done for me. That's what they're singing. Can you hear them? Wow. Maybe this is why they changed the billing to Paul and his party. I know, I know. It's not what the word party meant in the statement. But a party it became amongst the Gentiles. Salvation, forgiveness, transformation is a reason to worship, to praise, to rejoice and cheer. It's a reason to party. Everybody said it's a reason to what? Party, right? You party for some stupid... People are partying today for Memorial Day and they don't know anybody that died in the service. But we know one who died for us Amen. to give His life for us. Amen. Who willingly, we know somebody. That's a, and, and He brought us that salvation and that forgiveness, and that's a reason to party. Look at your name. It says a reason to party. Well, the good news of Jesus that day in Antioch, Turkey, caused both a revival... a riot. The synagogue leaders stirred up some support, we saw, to have Paul and his party kicked out of town. But Paul and his party rocked on, full of joy and the Holy Spirit. Listen, don't let the naysayers steal your faith, discourage your walk, silence your share, or derail your purpose. Don't let the circumstances or resistance seize your peace and your joy. Don't punk out and go home like John Mark did. Don't do it. In fact, here's what you need to remind yourself of. Last verse, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Read it with me. Greater is he that is living in me than he that is in the world. Quote it. Memorize it. Live it. The gospel's marching on. Amen. We're watching it through the book of Acts. It'll march, guys. The gospel will march through the Roman period. It will march through the medieval period. It will march through the Reformation. It will march through the Renaissance. It will march through the... Period of enlightenment. It will march through all the way into the the period after enlightenment is, I don't remember, but it marches all the way through to us. We should have paid more attention in history class. Don't laugh. Most of you don't even know what, they didn't even know those ones. (laughs) It marches on. In fact, the Word of God lives and abides forever. And how it ended up here is by God's hand. How it ended up in your lap is by God's hand. And how it ends up in your heart is by God's hand. So keep it up. Did you learn something this morning? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for meeting us here with your spirit, your word, and your love. You have brought the message of Jesus Christ to us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. There's no way we've ever bought it but you brought it all the way here. I pray that we would believe it, that we would receive it, and that we would be transformed by it. And if you're here this morning and you have heard the Gospel message, you've maybe even believed a little bit of it, but you haven't really put your arms around it and accepted it for yourself. Salvation, forgiveness, and transformation is available. And all you have to do is say, yes, I receive, I believe, change me. That's it. Let's pray out loud together. Father, I know I'm a sinner and I need Your forgiveness. I repent for my sin and I turn to You. Wash me clean with Your blood. I believe in Jesus Christ and His salvation and i receive it for myself in jesus name amen As we to the simple.
0: We're so glad you tuned in to today's edition of The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the Book of Acts has given you new insight into the early church and brought you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link and don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who might even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you also pray for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He leads. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more about how to give at tmcalvary.com. Just click on the Donate tab. Thanks again for praying and thanks for joining us today here on The Simple Truth. Deeds we sow, let us draw our hands And together we stand